Welcome to the Wet Podcast, episode number 33. Episode number 33 of the WET Podcast. WET stands for Writing, Education, and or Technology. My name is Eric Marshall, and I am your host for this podcast. Uh, very often I have an interview. Very often I don't. And today is one of those days where I don't. It's a solo cast. I want to talk today a little bit about uh, side hustles. Or another way to put it would be diversification. I know I've talked about this before uh, on this podcast, uh, usually with other guests, I've talked about this. Most notably, when I talked to Scott Rank in episode number 24. You know, in uh, higher education, a lot of people are in what, what you can call a contingent position. A lot of people that you know that teach at the college level are adjuncts or lecturers or are in other positions where they are. Uh, semester to semester, contract to contract, paid not very much, and really uh, have a lot of instability in their lives. A lot of people don't know this uh, because, you know, for a lot of students, the person in the front of the class is the person in front of the class, and that's uh, the expert and the person who's going to be teaching them, you know, and most of the time that's true. Um, most of the time you do have a very educated and qualified person in the front of the classroom. Uh, but you know, sometimes that person is an assistant professor, an associate professor, somebody who makes a, a full-time salary, uh, with a contract and possibly tenure. But a lot of the times the person in front of the room is also very qualified with a PhD and everything, but contingent adjunct, uh, making, making a, a pittance compared to what the others make. And this is increasingly true in higher ed as uh, state budgets get slashed and as administrations provide less and less money to, you know, to teaching faculty, basically, to, to providing more tenure-track lines. And it's been a trend for, for decades now. Um, if you want to know more about this, you can go to the uh, my episode with Ellen Trevithick. Uh, you can search for that at ericmarshall.net slash wet, which is where you'll find the show notes for this and, uh, and all of the podcast episodes. That's eric with a K, marshall with two L's, dot net. So... I'm not here to complain about that. It's just the way things are. You know, uh, for me, for example, I have a PhD in uh, film studies from the English department at Wayne State University. I've had this PhD for five years. I've been teaching continuously for the last probably 15 years, 10 as a graduate student, five as a, you know, with a PhD. And I, I know what I'm doing in the fall but I don't know what I'm doing in the winter semester, for example. January 2016 is a complete unknown to me right now, and we are right now in June of 2015. Um, I'm reasonably certain I'll have a job, and I'll, I'll have um, several sections at University of Michigan-Dearborn, which is where I do most of my teaching. Um, and, you know, it's a place I really like, and it's it's better than most. I know I've said that on this podcast before, um, but it's still, you know, it doesn't pay all the bills. So... 
I think a lot of adjuncts need to have a side hustle. A lot of us are holding out hope that, you know, one more year on the job market, maybe we'll get that tenure track job. And uh, I hope, you know, for all my friends and people I know, I hope they do. Uh, but most of us won't. And I think it's time, you know, for everybody to think of either an, an alt-ac, alternate academic job or a non-academic job or something just to supplement the adjunct income because it becomes a, it starts to become a, a vicious cycle in a way where uh, when you're offered a position or uh, classes to teach for a semester, it's very difficult to say no because you need the money. But then when you're overcommitted and teaching at several places, it's very difficult to try to find another job or to try to make a, you know, a, a side, a side thing. Uh, for me, my main side hustle, as I've, I've talked about before is tutoring. I, I tutor high school kids, um, mostly ACT, SAT, also French, uh, writing, things like that. And I make a, a decent amount of income from that. Uh, to supplement my my adjunct income, you know, if I learn in in January of sixteen that I I don't have any sections, I'm not teaching for whatever reason. Uh, I could I could scrape by on on the on the tutoring income. I'm also trying to grow a writing business, which is uh, proven to be difficult because I have been having trouble with the butt and chair time and getting my butt in the chair to write and getting uh, anything polished to the point where I feel like it can be published. And that's just my problem. You know, that's, that's uh, some stuff I have to get over. Uh, some of it's psychological, some of it's organization and I have to, I have to get over that. But once I get that going, that will be hopefully another side, side hustle. This term side hustle comes, I think from the business world, um, from the entrepreneurial world where, you know, you have what might be a main hustle and a side hustle. And sometimes the side becomes the main, or maybe you have a bunch of sides, but I think diversification is, is the way to go. Um, so if one thing dries up, you have, you have something else. I did apply for, corporate jobs for a while i uh there were a couple that i think suited me or might have suited me i should say uh but i didn't i didn't get them i think it's higher with a phd because i feel like people probably think you're overqualified uh whatever that means um or that you're going to bail as soon as uh, an academic job comes along that sort of thing, and which is not necessarily true. I mean, it might have been true in some of those cases that if I had gotten the job, I totally would have still been looking for a for a tenure track job, and I would have bailed, or, and maybe not. It's hard to say. But as I get older, I did have a birthday last week, so this is probably why I'm feeling more reflective than usual. But as I get older, I find it harder and harder to imagine sitting at a desk, uh, except for my own desk, um, sitting in a cubicle, having a boss, uh, doing the nine to five thing. I'm not saying it's impossible or it won't happen. I'm just saying it's harder to imagine, uh, for, for a variety of reasons. Uh, I don't, I don't feel like that structure really works for me necessarily. And I don't know if anyone would hire me <laughs> at this point. That's, that's, it's weird, but I just don't know where I would fit in, in that, in that case. Um, maybe if I, maybe in an alt act job, like in a library and archives, that sort of thing that might, that might suit me, but I'm trying hard to kind of make things work 
on my on my own on my own terms, uh, which has proven to be probably more work than a nine to five job. To be honest with you, I have a friend with a PhD in English who runs reading groups in the community and does film discussions at the local library. I have a friend with a PhD in communication who is starting to run workshops on screenwriting, screenwriting workshops in in various communities. I know people who have gone into theater or into um, all kinds of other different things uh, after getting a PhD. And a lot of times they're using the skills they learned getting the PhD uh, to inform these skills. And in some cases, they've just completely abandoned that and and have gone somewhere else. But I think the best... The best way to approach things is to, you know, if you like teaching, continue to teach. If you like writing, continue to write and try to merge those skills or or find a way that you can get different streams of income so that you're not relying on, on one thing over over another. Um, I haven't applied for a tenure track job in a couple of years now. Partly because I was disheartened with with the job market in the last couple of years, uh, it's been so dry in film studies, and I haven't been doing academic publishing, so I don't feel like I'm necessarily the best candidate on the research side. I mean, I have oodles and oodles of teaching experience, and uh, you know my evaluations are consistently high, so I could see getting a full time job, a teaching job, but I'm not sure about the research at this point, and. I'm okay with that right now. Uh, it's so fierce. And, you know, I keep seeing things in in Wisconsin and in now in Michigan a little bit where tenure is getting eroded, where funding is getting slashed, where unions are getting busted. We have uh, so-called right-to-work laws here in Michigan now uh, for the last uh, year, year and a half. And it's just an it's just an attempt to you know to break unions and to and to reduce wages, and that affects higher ed uh, to a large extent because it's you know professors unions that that you are keeping tenure in place and and uh, keeping conditions acceptable. Uh, so you know the writing's on the wall to some extent. I think. Uh, among among other things so what to do you know what to do what to do what to do one thing that teaching on a contingent level does though is it gives you flexibility uh, my time is fairly flexible you know depending on how many classes i'm teaching and and where um, I have some control over over that. You know, I can request particular times, or I can say no to particular things, and that's the huge thing is saying no. That's what the tutoring business gives me. It gives me the the opportunity to say no if uh, I am offered something that is not ideal for me in terms of time, or that doesn't pay well. And that's been that's been really nice over the last several. Years, but the flexible time gives me the opportunity to write and to uh, and to look for other things, other other side businesses and, and things of that nature. Um, and this is something that has not come naturally to me. I'm not a natural entrepreneur. I'm not somebody who always thinks like this. I uh, it yeah, you know, it's something I've had to learn. It's something I've definitely had to learn. 
as I go, but I'm beginning to see the the freedom and the challenge in in finding my own way and finding my own income. It's been very it's been a strange journey <laughs> to be honest with you, and it's been frustrating and and difficult um but it's also been enlightening and empowering to to a certain extent. I'm definitely not where I want to be, but I do see the road to where I want to be, and I'm on that road, and I think that's really really important. It's hard to take five, eight, ten, in my case, years of your life working towards a goal to find that once you've reached the goal, the opportunities you thought it would afford aren't there. The tenure-track jobs just, they they exist, but there are so few of them, and there's so much competition. And it it's hard to let go of the dream of... You know, being the full-time professor at the tenure-track job and, uh, you know, teaching for a living and living the, the life of the mind uh, in that in that respect. But it's also, as I said, enlightening. It, it helps me look at it from an outside perspective as well as an inside perspective. I know both ends, both sides of the equation of the story. And I know I know what it looks like to – I know how it feels to be on the outside – looking in I know how it feels to be on the inside as well and that's a nice perspective to have it helps you make more informed decisions I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast are educators are adjuncts um, and are writers and things like that and I think it goes both ways too if you if you're trying to be a full-time writer you might find ways to get into education as well as and that could be your side hustle uh you could teach writing in the community to high school students at libraries um at colleges things like that as as kind of a side hustle when your sales are not so great in the summer <laughs> for example uh it's something to be open to you know um putting online courses on udemy or creating reading groups, things like that in the community might be, it might be a good way for a writer to, to branch out into education in certain ways. Uh, anything to open doors, diversify and, and get some more juice going, you know, uh, try to connect different areas of your life, uh, can only help in my opinion. I'm really excited, uh, to have a couple interviews lined up for this podcast in the next few weeks. Um, with people who are going to talk about academic publishing, music, um, all kinds of other cool stuff, it's really it's really kind of exciting, and uh, I hope you uh, I hope you enjoy the solo cast, and I hope you enjoy the the interviews that are that are coming up as well. I'd like to do a nice mix of solo cast and uh, and interviews because people tend to like both, and the solo cast tend to be shorter, bite sized chunks, while the uh, while the interviews are longer. So that's good. If you uh, if you want to browse through the archives, and I know you do, uh, go to ericmarshall.net, that's E-R-I-K, Marshall with two L's, dot net, slash wet. Um, and on that site, you'll also find my blog and, and other information about me if you're, if you're so inclined. If you're interested in that sort of thing, um, you can find me on Twitter at emarsh, E-M-A-R-S-H. I'm fairly active over there. 
You can email me, eric at ericmarshall.net. And you can find me on Facebook. Just do a little search and uh, you'll you'll find me there. I love feedback. Let me know what's going on. And uh, if you don't mind clicking over to iTunes and giving a quick rating of this podcast, that would be really, really helpful. Help me uh, stay findable to, to new listeners. And that would be great help. So thanks a lot. And we'll see you next week. Bye.